was like, I know that person, but I don't know those people. And he told me that that was Renaya's, well, now Naya, that was Naya's dad and Naya's sister. And I said, oh, okay, Naya's over there, like on the other side of the field. And that's when I knew Jim. I was like, okay, I'm, I know that I've forgiven Naya because I have no ill will towards Naya. Um, and that's when he hit me with that second question that forever changed me. Everybody was cracking. Welcome to the Jim Rohn Podcast, where today we have a big-time chat lined up for episode 231 with a big-time former player. I have not caught up with this individual in a decade, and he happened to be caught up in one of the biggest scandals in the history of college sports. My guest this week is none other than former Notre Dame star Manti Teo. Manti was a Heisman runner-up from the linebacker position. He won the Maxwell. He won the Buckus. He led Notre Dame to a national championship appearance. He was a second-round NFL draft pick, and he played eight years in the league. But he will always best be known as the dude caught up in the middle of a bizarre and unprecedented catfishing scandal. And that scandal is the focus of a new Netflix documentary, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. It's also the focus of my conversation with him today, so let's get right to it. It's episode 231 with former All-American linebacker Manti Teo, and it's coming at you right now. Manti, I would say it's been a minute, but it's actually been a decade, literally, since you and I have spoken. I'm so glad to get the opportunity to do so right now. Manti, how are you? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Blessed, for sure. Good to hear that. Listen, obviously, you'd been approached so many times over the years by telling your story. I'm curious, why was the time right right now, and what was it like to share your story after all this time? Well, it was right now. The time was right right now um, because, one, I was ready to tell it. And I thought it was important for me to be in that space to tell it because had I, had I done it you know, earlier, um, a lot of the opportunities to speak about it came right after it came out in 2013. And there was no way that I was going to be able to share um, the story and the details without being ashamed of any of the details. Um, but in 2017, and I know you know the guy, Cam Jordan, he took a bunch of us um, to a Jay-Z concert. And Jay-Z opened up that concert by saying, you cannot heal what you don't reveal. And for me, at that moment, that's when I realized, okay, if I want to heal from this thing, I got to be open to sharing it with those that want to want to want to know. And so luckily for me, um, I just got with the Saints. And so I had a whole bunch of new teammates and they had a lot of questions and we had we had a lot of good conversations. And I started to realize the strength that I started to get from these conversations. But not only that, but the love and the respect and um, the support that I started to get from these individuals that I was that I was sharing the, the the story with, and it just made me realize, like, man, like, there's so much healing in this. And you know, Jay Z was right, like, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Well, fast forward to 2020, uh, when Tony Vinuku reached out to me and introduced this project to me, um, he and I had a similar conversation where I just went off and I started to tell him details. And by that conversation and by my by me sharing, he, he, he simply told me, he's like, bro, you're ready, bro. He said, you gotta, you gotta, share, you gotta tell somebody this. And Jim, honestly, I told Tony, I was like, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like I need to now. It's been three years since 2017 and I'm at peace with everything now. 
but I don't feel like I need to. But he told me think about it. I told him I'll, I'll talk to my parents about it, my, my, my team about it. And um, from that moment on, I started to realize that there are a lot of people that still had questions. And more importantly, there are a lot of people that supported me over the years and were currently supporting me that didn't, I felt like they didn't have the backing for it. Like I, I wasn't giving them the facts to support me. And so I figured, hey, listen, Manti, you're at a place in your life where you're ready. You're not ashamed. You're not scared. And two, you have an opportunity with Tony Vainuku and Ryan Duffy to be a part of a project where they will tell the story the right way. And so, I mean, it was kind of um, a perfect match at that point. You know, Manti, it's really a, it's a fascinating response. Like journalistically, as the process goes, you correct me if I'm wrong, but as the process goes, when you do a documentary, you sit down for the interview, but journalistically, the directors that you mentioned, they do not show you or tell you necessarily how the show is going to be produced and edited. You just sit for those interviews. How concerned were you with how it might come out? And then what was it like for you to sit and watch the doc yourself? Well, you know, I, I wasn't really concerned, honestly, Jim, like how it was going to come out because I, again, I, I, I based on my conversations with Tony and with, uh, with Duffy, I just trusted them that they're, you know, when they said, Hey, listen, we are going to tell the story the right way. And that's what I wanted. And I, I think it's important for, for everybody to understand that I didn't want to tell my story. That's, that's, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell the whole story. I wanted to tell these stories. So that is why I wanted everybody that was involved with this thing on the project. And so I wasn't afraid and I wasn't concerned with how they were going to make the project. I think if anything, I was just concerned on how people that would watch it would, would understand it as, you know, and so... That's if anything, that's that was that was the thing that I was just a little, you know, a, a little worried about. So, Matt, I want to be careful how I do this because our time is limited and it's a two episode doc and it's really obviously complex and it's involved and to tell the story the right way, you need some time. So I got to pick my spots. But if we go back to the story itself, you had this relationship with Lene, Naya now, and it went on for a few years, as most people remember. I'm curious at any point, because you had this ongoing relationship and then when you would try to meet up or even FaceTime, it never really seemed to work out. At any point, were you not suspicious? did you think you might be getting catfished uh no so back in back in those days back in those days nobody knew what catfishing was um i didn't know what catfishing matter of fact the first time i that i um knew that i heard the term catfish was when my my uncle um lyle who's the 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 lawyer he told me that you're, you're being catfished. And so prior to that, there was no understanding of what that was. And, uh, definitely I, I, I was not, ex I definitely wasn't expecting that even with all the things going down, everything going on. Um, I kind of mentioned in the documentary that I asked through my conversations with Lene, there were a lot of mutual people that would come up in conversation and I'd reach out to these people. And this was in 2009, 2010. And I would ask people, hey, do you know who Lene is? And they would be like, oh, yeah, I know who Lene is. And, I mean, these are people that, that I knew. So when you say, oh, I know who that is, I, I assumed, again, 2009, that, okay, like you, you've met this person. You know, now, obviously, with 2022 goggles, you have to ask the question, have you met this person in person? Like, have you met this person in, in real life? And so, obviously, hindsight is 2020. 
Owner run a small business? It has been tough the past couple of years. You may qualify, though, for a tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee. Jim Rome here for Omega Accounting Solutions. It's not a loan like the PPP was, but an actual refund of your payroll taxes. Omega Accounting Solutions is helping small business owners like you in applying for and getting this tax refund for your business. The tax credit is part of a federal government plan called the Employee Retention Credit program or ERC. In just the last six months alone, Omega has recovered over $300 million in cash ERC refunds for businesses. Remember, this is not a loan, but it's a refund of your payroll taxes. Omega Accounting Solutions helps businesses nationwide. If you have more than five, but less than 500 employees, they're likely able to help you as well. A better business bureau partner and a champion for small business, Omega has 15 years of accounting experience. Find out if you qualify today. This program is available for just a period of time. Call toll free 800-704-2000 800-704-2000 or go online to omegataxcredits.com you have everything to gain by determining if you qualify that's omegataxcredits.com right so you thought you had confirmation like you found more than one person who knew that person so you assumed that that person existed and then when you look at it manti like for instance you had this unbelievable senior year notre dame is having a huge Mm -hmm. season you're looking more and more like a first round draft pick and then tragically Mm -hmm. on september 12th 2012 you find out your grandmother passes away and if that weren't tragic enough later that very same day Lene's quote, brother calls you to tell you that she passed away after a long battle with leukemia. What do you remember about that day? Uh, I just remember, so when it, it was just, a, whenever you're experiencing loss, like, I think you know, hopefully nobody has to go through it, but it's, it's the real just sad, somber day. And so when I, when I found out that my grandmother passed away early that morning by my parents, you know, it was just one of those days that it was just, it, it was, it was a, it was a cloudy day for me um, because I just lost my grandfather um, in January 28th, on January 28th of that year, of that same year. And so it was, you know, it's just kind of one of those days. And then I get the news that Lene passed away. So it was just like a double whammy um, for me. And so all I remember is I had a decision to make and that decision was either to feel sorry for myself and to think about myself or to make this more about others and try to be a leader for my team. And so I literally just said, you know what, Coach Kelly told me, hey, stay in, don't go off to practice. And I remember the boys were out there doing warm-ups and I ran out there with my helmet on, cleats, you know, shoulder pads on, ready to go. And at that point, I already made the decision, like, okay, I'm going to make something good out of this situation. I'm going to try to be an inspiration to those who are going through hard times. No, And you were, and you did. And it transcended the sport itself, and not just college football, but, like, you became a national phenomenon because of your courage and your grit and the way you handled that. So when and how did you find out that not only did Lene or Naya, Lene did not die, but Lene never actually existed when and how did you find that out? So I didn't know. I didn't fully understand everything, Jim, until Deadspin released the documentary. I mean, Deadspin released their um, the story, their little report, yeah, their story. Yeah, that's that is when I knew. I was like, okay, I know what that is. I know what's going on now. Because before that, prior to that event, 
Jim, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was like, I don't know what's what's real, what's what's not real, who's who, who's not. I just know that one. I just got a call, like in September, I got a call that this individual, this individual, unfortunately, passed away. Now I'm getting a call at the ESPN Awards in Florida that this person, that this person is now alive, and like that's not just something you just joke around with. You know what I mean? Like you just don't say, "Oh, yeah, now I'm alive." So there's a whole bunch of confusion there, um, and so I didn't under, I didn't fully know what was going on and what happened, and that you know, Lene was was not a real person until um, Deadspin released their story. So, Matt, I'm curious, like Deadspin, and I mean, I've done this a long, long time. You and I spoke that year before that all went down. And it, to this day, even 12 or 10 years later, it's still one of the most incredible stories and just so hard to kind of fathom because now we know, but we didn't know back then. Deadspin breaks the story up until that moment, Manti, you were the chosen one. You were everybody's All-American. You were somebody who, as I mentioned, transcended the sport. You were an inspiration to mm-hmm. one and all. And then in a moment that story breaks, you reach for your telephone, you pull up Twitter. What did you see? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of things that I can't say on the show. Like that is, it, it, it was, you know, just people saying what they, what, what they had to say, you know, saying jokes, like, you know, death threats, you know, stuff, this stuff that I, I'm sure that people wouldn't want to say uh, again, but it was just one of those things. Like it was just a drastic difference than what I was used to um, previous to that. Like everything was, like, man, you inspire me. Um, like, thank you for all you do. And now it's like the total opposite. So that, that it was, it was, yeah, it was a tidal wave for sure. So I'm in the business of asking people questions. So let me ask you a question. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Fair question, right? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48 hours of sweat and odor protection. I said 48 hours. That's a big number now. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the move. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps protect your skin as well, and it leaves your skin feeling comfortable and helps protect it. So much to like about this. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Man, say like I'm, I'm, believe me, and, I, and I've had my moment where I was the butt of jokes and I was the guy getting clowned and mocked on Saturday Night Live when the quarterback came over the table. So I'm not going to say I know exactly what it's like, but I had a taste of that life. So I understand and I would never judge. And especially when you're a young person and you're in it and you don't know what to believe, like your whole world was turned upside down. But there was that small window where you knew or you thought you knew that this was not what it was in that moment. Why did you not come clean and own it and deal with it in that moment? Why did you continue to stick to the script? Well, because I didn't, I mean, I didn't know who to tell any, you know, I, who, who, who was I going to tell? Like, I, I felt like I had to keep that to myself. There was a lot of stuff that were going on at that time. Cause two days later I was at the Heisman ceremony. And so as a 20, what was I? 21. 20, I think it was 21 years old, like 21 year old kid. I'm just like, okay, what do I, who do I tell with this news that somebody that is potentially 
that was potentially dead that is now alive. Now keep in mind, Jim, that 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 was the news I got. Never did I ever think like, oh, I'm getting catfished or this thing isn't real. It's like, dude, what? I don't I don't know what is going on. And so, before I can you can speak on any event, like make sure that you have all the facts there. And so I didn't have all the facts. I didn't know who to go to, and uh, I mean, I. I to come in front and, and say all of those things. Yeah. I mean, whether that have made a difference, I'm not too sure. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how all that works. I understand this. And hindsight certainly is 2020, especially when you're in it, like when you're in it and you don't know who to believe, what to trust, what to do, what decision to make. Like man's like for instance, you touched on this, like everybody, what was it like to walk in a room before that happened and the way people reacted to you and then after it happened and then the whole world knew what happened. What was it like to walk in that same room after that? Like, how did your world change? Well, I'll say this, Jim, and I've never said this to anybody. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to you. Okay. Prior to the, the story, um, coming out with that spin, I already had been in, in Florida training, um, at IMG Academy. And I had made friends with, you know, all the guys down there. Like we were just down there trying to do our thing. Right. After, the next morning, so the, 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 the evening that it dropped, it was like late afternoon, uh, my agent told me, hey, we're going to move you on campus at IMG Academy. You're going to stay there. Do not go to workouts. Don't do anything. Just lock yourself in there and don't do anything. But, but me, being me, I said, man, I got a, I got a, I got a goal. I, I got a combine coming up. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this, all of this stuff you know, behind me and I'm going to go train the next morning. And when I went and I walked into the cafeteria, um, all the guys who I had made friends with before there, I could hear them because I was coming around the corner and the TVs were on and everybody was talking, you know, laughing, all of this stuff. And right when I walked in, it went silent. And that silence was so deafening, Jim. But I will say this, Eric Reed, uh, Menelik Watson, Bjorn Warner, uh, Bleedy Ray Wilson, I think that's, yeah, I think that's um, Bleedy's last name. But those guys were the guys, were the only guys that after a while came came by me and said, hey, bro, like, we got you. Like, Eric Reed would come to my apartment and we'll watch Sons of Anarchy and eat um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he would just chill with me. And that meant the world to me, bro. So, like, yeah, like, was, was it hard to walk into these to these rooms where I knew that everybody knew, yeah, it was, it was difficult, but having guys that I knew, like, weren't judging me like those, like those individuals, like it really helped me out during those times. Oh man, do I ever love this product? The Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1. So let me go ahead and tell you why I love it so much. Number one, it is the most powerful handheld steamer that I've ever seen. I'm talking fast and easy wrinkle removal, and I hate wrinkles. An extra large sole plate that can be used vertical or horizontal, and it also works without steam, is a dry iron. How is this possible? Because of advanced heat technology, which is ready almost instantly, and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Plus, Four different settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics. And it kills 99.9% of bacteria. It sanitizes around the house and it refreshes clothing. Easy to use and great for at home or if you're on the go. 
To get yours today, go to Amazon, search Conair Turbo Extreme Steam, and look for the steam and iron two-in-one. Great, great product. Man, Ty, I also understand this because, as I mentioned, when the quarterback came over the table on me and everybody's coming for you, you remember the few that have your back. You remember the few oh, yeah. that are there for you. I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. there aren't And you very want them many. to know, bro. Like, yes. You're right, Jim. Like, I want you to know. Why? Because during that time, I knew that it was not popular to come to MI8. I knew it. But you did. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Like, to all my boys out there, Eric, Bjorn, uh, mentally, like bleeding, like man, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, how, like you extending that amount of, of of grace and love towards me during that time, and it it really helped me. That's how you know. I'll tell you another reason why I know exactly what you're talking about, and I just want to say this really quickly because when I had my thing happen. All of a sudden, no athletes want to talk to me initially, and people were canceling their appearances on the show. But the very next mm-hmm. night, Al Michaels, the famous broadcaster, was booked. And I thought to myself, there's no way a Hall of Fame broadcaster is going to sit with me because you, you just nailed it. People do not want to associate or be attached to you if they think you're toxic like that. And he didn't mm-hmm. cancel. And I said to him, I said, Al, I cannot tell you how much this means to me. Why did you not cancel? He said, because you're a friend, and I knew you needed it, and I knew it would make Make a difference you never forget stuff like that do you never never do never do but uh, you know speaking to that jim like and you know this like for us who who are on the re- who are on the receiving end of of that type of you know scrutiny like we do a thing where the world all of a sudden gets really small like what i mean by that is our world becomes um so encompassed by like we think that everybody knows that everybody knows my story everybody knows what happened but what I've learned from the whole thing is that's not necessarily the truth. Like not everybody knows, right? Not, not, not everybody, you know, is going to tease me. Not everybody doesn't want anything to do with me. There are good people out there that really love you, uh, that are great people, and they're going to, you know, lend a, a helping hand. So I appreciate all of them, them people that it, did that. It's a great point that you make. Before I let you go, a couple of things, but you had to get to that point. You didn't understand that initially because how could you? So the draft, I mean, you're getting your work in, man. So you spent your entire life working for this moment. You think you're going to go in the first round because you would have played your way into the first round. You drop into the second round. You're taken by the Chargers. That's still an amazing thing. You get to the NFL, but I want to ask you this because in order to get to the part where we are right now, you still had to get through something really dramatic. You get drafted and you're on the sideline before your first preseason game with the Chargers. Chargers, and physically something was not right what were you dealing yeah. with on the sideline what happened well what would happen is the same thing that would happen in practice before every team period seven on sevens 11 on 11 any time where i had to compete in any type of situation my feet would go numb my legs would go numb everything would start to tingle my palms would start to sweat i would get lightheaded like and what i what i what I later found out, like I was having an anxiety anxiety attack. That's a tongue twister, but that's what that's what was ha- happening to me. And unfortunately, my play on the football field replicated exactly how my internal body was doing. Like I, th- I'm gonna be the first one to tell you, Jim. Like I didn't, I didn't play any type of good ball with the Chargers, and I. I told Tom Telesco this when I saw him in, in L.A. when I was with the, with the Saints after I played my first year with the Saints and, and I had a great year. I told Tom, I was like, Tom, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't play for you the way you know I could have played. 
And he's like, no, I'm so glad you had a great year with the Saints. I was like, no, you have no idea what I was going through. And I'm sorry I couldn't perform for you because I know you believed in me. And then I went on to the Saints. I had, I was able to heal internally. I was able to regain control of my life mentally. I was, my mental health was at a, a at a great level. And what happens? I play my, my, my best ball. I, I was the man tie that everybody knew at Notre Dame when I was at the Saints. But I wish I could have done that for, for, for the guys who believed in me first and drafted me. Can, can I ask you, man, so like, for instance, like exactly at Notre Dame, you were, I mean, you were just flying around, free-flowing. Of course, you were not in your own head. You had not gone through anything like that. It was traumatic. Like mm-hmm. when, you, when you experienced that numbness and that tingling and it manifested itself like that, like how long did that last? Three years. Three years. That's Three why, years. Jim, that the national will always be a big a, a, a big moment for me before a game because it, it would happen while I would be standing on the sideline. And it would all start up right then. And I will, I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, the the game that it stopped. And it was, it started to get better. But the day that it fully stopped, Jim, was when we played the Detroit Lions at home in the Superdome um, when I was with the Saints. And that was the day, Jim, that I didn't, that was the first time in my whole NFL career that I didn't get it. And that was, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Incredible. So really quickly, your therapist, so you found a therapist and you got help and then you started to get better. Yep. And your therapist, Bantai, yep. said, have you forgiven Renaya or in this case, Naya? What was your response? Yep. Yes. So people don't know this story, Jim, um, but I went to an a high school All-American game um, at Oceanside High School. And I saw some individuals that I, I thought I re- recognized and one of my boys knew who they were. And I, you know, he saw concern on my face. I was like, I know that person, but I don't know those people. And he told me that that was Renaya's, well, now Naya, that was Naya's uh, dad and Naya's sister. And I said, like, oh, okay. Then he was like, yeah, Naya's over there, like on the other side of the field. And he told me, he was like, bro, we can't leave right now. But I told him, I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. And that's when I knew Jim. I was like, okay, I'm, I know that I've forgiven Naya. Because I have no ill will towards Naya. Um, and that's when he hit me with that, that second question that forever changed me. You know, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Like how they require minimums and worse yet, how their rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. And now that we've talked about that, let's get back to our weekly podcast. You know this stuff that we talk about here daily. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. For those who have not yet seen it, what was the second question and how did that forever change you? Well, then he said, well, have you forgiven yourself? And I was confused. I was like, what, what do I need to forgive myself for? And then he told me, he was like, well, for somebody like you, who's always been confident, you've never questioned anything in your life, especially on a football field. Football is what, what I did well. He's like, you, when you hit somebody, there were no voices. When you, when you made a decision, there were no questions. Like, you just did it. Like, you trusted in yourself. Well, something like a catfishing incident, like, that's going to have you start to second guess yourself and start questioning yourself. Deep down inside, you know that. Like, you have to let that little kid know, that little boy inside of you, let him know that it's okay. It's okay. You didn't, you did nothing wrong. That everything is going to be okay. Let him know. Forgive him. And that's where it took off, Jim. You know, 
Manti, leave me with these thoughts, and I, I think that is really, really profound. You know, we saw the reaction to the Deadspin article and just what a terrible thing that was to go through. You know, this premiered just last night, so people are going to keep seeing it. I'm curious, what have you been hearing from folks since the documentary began airing last night on Netflix? What's the early reaction been like to you? Man, it's been nothing but love, brother. It's been it's been nothing but love, and I'm so grateful and I'm humbled by it all because it's been a long time. Like the type of love that I'm getting right now supersedes the type of love I was getting before 2013. Like there's there are people all over the world that that have are going through something, whether it be catfishing. Like there's been a lot of people that have hit me up that said, "Hey, like I've been catfished, both men and women alike." And, you know, I know how this feels and just hearing your story, you're giving me strength. There are people that have gone through losses, people that are going through hard times, whether it be mental health issues or, you know, having bouts of depression and stuff like that, that have reached out and said, man, just hearing your story and hearing what you had to say gave me life. And that right there, bro, that's what it's all about, Jim. That's what this whole thing is about. Like everything else. OK, cool. But the whole reason why I wanted to do this was to put a little bit of love and a little bit of hope. In the, in the hearts and the minds of people out there that I can't talk to on a daily basis. And I'm, that's why I'm so grateful for um, Ryan Duffy, for Tony Bainuku, for my family, um, even for Naya for being on this thing. Because, man, it's doing a lot of good in the world, man, and that's what the world needs. That is what the world needs. So final thought, have you spoken to Naya? And if so, when was the last time you spoke to Naya? And how did that go? No, so I, I haven't I haven't spoken to Naya. So the last time I heard um, from Naya was uh, when uh, Naya called me. Well, it was Renaya back then when they called me before the that a few hours before Deadspin's article released. That's the last time. And that was 2013, and that's the last time I ever heard from 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 Naya. I mean, you're, you're in such a good spot right now. You're in such a good place and such a good mindset. Do, do you want to talk to Naya? Would you reach out to Naya? Would you take that phone call right now? Or do you feel like you're good? No, I'm, I'm good, brother. I think that's the greatest thing about this. what I wanted with this, with this, with this Netflix um, project was everything that I needed to say and I wanted to say, I said. And I said it in the most loving and genuine way that how I exactly, exactly how I felt. And I, 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 hope, I hope that Naya gets it and, and understands that and you know, I, I'm, again, I'm good. Manta, I so appreciate you. I, number one, I really appreciate all the time you spent just now. I'm so appreciative that you and I could get caught up because, as I mentioned, you and I have not spoken in a decade. I'm so glad you shared the story. <laughs> I want to be very clear about this. The, the doc is amazing. There is so much more. Even though you went long form with me right here, there is so much more to the doc and the story. I would really, really encourage everybody to watch this on Netflix as part of Untold. It really is awesome. You sound great. It is great to have you on the show, my man, and I really do appreciate you, Manti. Thank you, brother. I hope all is well, bro. I have to say, I've got tremendous respect for Manti. Very few people have been through anything like that, but he's not running away from it. In fact, now he is embracing it. He's wide open about all of it. So my thanks to Manti for making that time for the original side hustle. And you want to make sure you check out Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. It's on Netflix right now. I've already seen it. It really is amazing. Make sure you check it out. And if you're looking for more conversations like that one, we've got over 200 ready and waiting for you to spin. 
And you can look forward to a fresh app every single week going forward. So take a second to subscribe right now. That way you never miss another episode. And while you're doing that, allow me to hit you with your voicemails. First new message. Rominator, hope you had a good vacation when you get back. Maggie and Pearl offer I, I guess. But they had that bootlicker Peter King on. Are you kidding me? That dude shills for the NFL like he gets paid by them. He's just such a fucking butt nugget. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Ben Smith? This is Woody in Eagle River. It's good to see you. And I hope you enjoyed that breakfast in my house. All seven plates I gave you. Especially the new French toast stuffed with 11 cheeses. Now, Jim, the day after you were over... I noticed I was missing my bottle of Lipitor. So if you happen to have that, could you send it back to me, please? Message deleted. Next message. Romulus James, what up? It's your boy, Matt in L.A. I had to call in, though, regarding that fucking pervert from the Cleveland Browns. What a joke. He's only getting suspended for six games. Goodell better show some balls and extend that to 16 games. That fucking pervert deserves to be out for a whole season. I got sisters, I got a girlfriend, I got a mom. If he would have put his hands or his weenies on any of them the way he did those masseuses, he'd be reading an obituary on that bitch. Outro. Message deleted. Next message. Yo, what up, pimp? It's Matt in the delay, your boy. Just had to say, we all is tired of that same old whack-ass James Kelly big head in Vegas story. Your boy Matt in L.A. don't want to hear it no more, rumpskin, rumpa-rumpa-rumpity-bumpity-rumpskin, skillskin. Message deleted. Next message. Romy! Justin in Melbourne. Finally, we got the first NFL preseason game, and, uh, boy, that was brutal. I don't know it was worse, that game or a Chris and Wisco smack-off call. I mean, I found myself five minutes watching, wanting to flip back to some God forbid, a live baseball game, man. Maybe we can petition for uh, two preseason games next year. Message saved. Next message. Jimmy Jim, what's up? It's Dr. Day. I got to think that home field advantage in the MLB playoffs this year is going to be a little bit different. You know, the Yankees and the Mets fans are crazy, but the ultimate home field advantage this year is the Canadian government. If anybody has to go the Blue Jays, they have to make sure all their players are vaccinated, otherwise they're going to lose. Go Jays, War Highland Park, War Chicago. Later, bitches. Message saved. You have no more messages.